dark in doorless chambers, where strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls. This is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. <laughs> everyone and welcome to the theme park loopy podcast and today we're going to be talking about reopening the parks this is part two we did part one a few weeks ago and we're joined by our friend Stephen from frill max how are you doing Stephen? i'm doing pretty good how are you yeah not too bad how's uh lockdown treating you at the moment well um so here in chicago uh things are starting to reopen um gradually um we still have still some of the strictest lockdown laws in the country but uh uh, things are starting to reopen we can go get a haircut now in barber shops and um some outdoor restaurants or restaurants that have outdoor seating are starting to open so chicago's uh starting to turn the tide uh, but luckily, some states right around us, uh, just a couple hours away, have totally opened their states up again, uh, for the most part. And uh, so we're able to, the last couple of weekends, we've been able to get out of town and head to those states and kind of see what it's like uh, for them to reopen. Yeah, well, that's it. So if, you, if you're willing to drive, then you can get out and about and uh, go to a theme park, something like that, I guess. Yeah. Can't really do that in the UK. That's one of the issues of here because it's kind of like all or nothing. So either everything opens or nothing opens. But I don't think we've seen. There's some murmurings of a restaurant reopening, um, but like you say, it'll probably be if you can be spaced out. In in the UK, we don't really have. We have more of it these days, but we don't really have that kind of cafe culture like you have in Europe, you know, with lots of outdoor seating areas. Mm-hmm. So for a lot of restaurants over here, it, it kind of has to be inside. So they'll just have to find a way to kind of space people out, I guess. So we'll see what happens. Um, before we start then, do you want to just remind everyone about your uh, group and where to find you, where to find you on YouTube and those kind of places? Yeah, um, so you can find um, Thrill Max is the name of the group and channel that I run. Um, Thrill, uh, spelled the traditional way, and then the second word is Max, M-A-X-X. Um, and it's all about theme parks, roller coasters. Obviously, we're very um, um, heavy on the U.S. content. However, we do... Um, have content from all over the world. So um, join us on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. And uh, you can also find us at throwmax.net if you want to look at the website. Brilliant. Thanks for that. Yeah, so check that out. And I've been been watching some of your videos on YouTube channels and the the very in-depth videos, especially the talk around the park videos. Thank you. Because you you don't often see those kind of in-depth conversations. I kind of find... There's a lot of channels still these days where the content can be quite vapid sometimes. You know, it might be only be, you know, a few minutes on something. But I think the way that you do your videos are very in-depth and very interesting. So I definitely recommend people check that out. Especially the one that we did with uh, 
theme park loopy about <laughs> Blackpool Pleasure Beach. Watch that episode. It's a good one. Yeah, definitely. If you're into um, finding out about a very unique UK park and probably a park that can't be missed if you come to the UK, then yeah, definitely watch that episode. And you can see my Mr. Funshine cushion that I think's on the... Uh, thumbnail i think it looks yep. a bit creepy i think people are probably thinking why is he wearing like a weird sunshine mask what's that about <laughs> and then so, they watch it and they go oh okay that's cool yeah that makes sense now yeah <laughs> brilliant okay so um so let's get into it then so in the uk as far as parks reopening i think there's been some murmurings that we may start to see some reopenings around July. I think so. I think the government are saying at the moment that it's it's slowing down quicker than what they expected. Um, but I think because the lockdown restrictions have you know been eased at the moment, I think that's still too. I think we need, still need to see how effective that's going to be. So I think probably in a couple of weeks' time. Um, I think if the numbers are still going down, I think we'll start to get a bit more confident around UK parks reopening. Um, so what we're seeing is a few of the parks now are starting to offer face masks. Uh, so Blackpool Pleasure Beach have started to offer like um, a Mr. Funshine face mask and a few other ones that you can get. I've also seen some Alton Towers ones, but I'm not sure if they're official or not. So that's a, a good hint that you're going to have to wear a face mask if you go to a UK park. But what Merlin have done is they've started to bring out some guidance, so they've started to show some pictures of what to expect. And really, it's probably what we were talking about before, so spacing out on trains, so maybe having a row of people and then no one behind, uh, having to wash your hands, and then maybe even having to sort of get a time slot to go on a ride. I don't know if Merlin are going to do that or not, but that's been hinted at as well. So that's what we're seeing in the UK at the moment. Um... There is a park called Fantasy Island, which I, f- I needed. To, I, I forgot to check this out, Stephen, because I thought you'd be interested in this. But Fantasy Island has one of the world's tallest Vekoma SLCs. So they built this gigantic Vekoma SLC, and it's like a really. It's actually ra- rated really highly, and it's a custom layout. Um, it was originally called Jubilee Odyssey uh, because oh. it was it was brought out for the Queen's Jubilee uh, in around 2000. So no, a bit later than that. Do you know? Does it? Did they modify the restraints at all? Did they, is it the old school what we call horse collar restraints around your neck, or is it the vest restraints, or did, mm. did they do anything with that? As far as I'm aware, it's still the old restraints. I don't think. Oh, they're, that's they're a shame! If, if they would yet. just update it, if they would just update it with the vest restraints or the ones like Kentucky Kingdom has, uh, where it um, just has like a nylon strap. So think of like a race car strap or something that goes over uh, your shoulder, um, yeah. and then it's a big um, lap bar that comes down kind of over your head, kind of like the Intamins or Max. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean. There have been some rumours that we're going to start to see the new SLC trains at some point in the UK. Um, so I think that would be a prime candidate for the new trains. But the only problem is at Fantasy Island. Fantasy Island is on the op- it's on the east coast. So Blackpool Pleasure Beach is on the west coast in the UK. Fantasy Island is on the east coast. And the east coast is particularly uh, windy. 
Uh, so it's it's at a place called Skegness, and so so this decision to build this gigantic SLC meant, especially in its early years, that it was closed an awful lot because it couldn't operate in the wind um, I see. or at certain wind speeds. So uh, I mean, the, the Pepsi Max, the the big one in Blackpool, that can be closed a little bit, uh, but at least it's a sit down train type ride, whereas right. you know an SLC, you know, it's obviously an inverted coaster, and that that in the wind can be actually quite a big problem. Um, so, however, the last couple of years, it hasn't had as many issues, um, and it's, it is rated really highly. So I think we're going to go down, hopefully, this year, and we'll do a bit of a vlog, so we'll show you what that's like, hopefully. Oh, they're not great. <laughs> they're really rough. Yeah, I mean, so in the UK, we've got... Uh, so Blackpool has a standard... Uh, one uh, like an off-the-shelf model, um, and that was originally uh, down the road in Southport. It was. Do you get a Do you get a drink called Tizer in in the in the US? Does not sound familiar. No Tizer. Nope. Yeah. Well, you should. Yeah, I'll have to. Say, I'll send you some because right? Tizer is great. Okay. But, um, so Tizer um, originally sponsored it, and it was called the Traumatizer. Uh, and I think that was actually quite Ooh, a good, good name, name for an SLC. Yeah, good <laughs> because, name. Because if you think about it, I mean, how often do you not come off an SLC feeling traumatized? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> so that was a great name. And then obviously it moved to Blackpool. Um, and it's not too bad. It's not too bad, in fairness. Um, I think if that got the new trends, it'd be a lot better. However, we also have a couple of custom models. So we have one at Flamingoland, which is a custom. And that's oh, first, yeah. That mm-hmm. first drop uh, is outstanding because it's quite it's it's not massively tall. I think it's something like around about a hundred, just over a hundred foot, hundred maybe hundred twenty foot, something like that. Um, but the first drop, it takes you so low to the ground that you almost feel the grass like hitting the bottom of your shoe. Oh, so wow. so imagine that kind of force as it goes around the corner. And it literally, <laughs> you just kind of touching like this kind of long grass, and it, it's it's an awesome experience. That first drop, I would, when you come to the UK, I would bet you that that would be the best SLC drop, and anywhere in the world. Now imagine world. riding that with the face mask on. Yeah, I'm I'm struggling I'm struggling <laughs> to imagine how that's going to happen because <laughs> um, especially when you're kind of headbanging a little bit. But um, yeah, so the Flingo Land model not too bad, and then obviously you've got the the Odyssey. So what was the Jubilee Odyssey, and that is highly rated as well. So you'll have to come and test these out, and we'll we'll show you, and you can compare and contrast. Hopefully, see what they're like. Yeah, for sure. So going into Europe then, uh, we've seen a few of the European parks open. So we've seen Efteling open, we've seen Fantasia land open, seen Europa Park open this week. Um, And I've seen a few of the, I've been watching one of the Europa Park videos. So I just wanted to um, run some of these changes past you, Stephen, and see how it compares to what's happening in the United States. Sure. So as far as I can see, one of the uh, main changes is they 
they have um they have a mascot i think it's called euro mouse or euro mouse uh i guess it's mouse how they pronounce it in germany and they were showing uh the euro mouse and they're saying you can't you can't go nearby to this to the you know the person who's playing the euro mouse you can't go and hug them or touch them or anything like that you have to keep a safe distance so what it looks like is happening over at europe park is that they're going to have the characters out but you can't get too close to them so it's going to make meet and greets kind of interesting i don't know how you can really meet and greet a character uh, being two meters apart from them um but it looks like that's the way they're going so i don't know have you, you know, in terms of characters, are, are we seeing park characters come out in the United States, or is it just something that we're seeing over here? Um, so the parks that have opened so far, which is not very many, um, don't really have any mascots. Um, so there hasn't really been a, a thing at those parks. Um, I know for Six Flags, I know here in Chicago anyways, um, there's a lot of debate whether they're going to have the characters out or not. Um, because again, if you have to keep six feet distance and you know, all the kids are going to want to run to the characters and hug them and take pictures with them. And, um, so I, I could see parks like six flags, not doing it. I could see them getting away. Cause they're not, even though we have mascots, that's, that's not why people come. People don't come to Six Flags parks to see <clears throat> Bugs Bunny. Um, they come for the roller coasters, and they, they kind of gear it towards that. Same with a lot of uh, smaller parks. Um, if they do have a mascot, a lot of our small parks don't have mascots. But if they do, mm. they probably wouldn't use them. Um, I think when you get to discussions and about parks like Disney, they they're going to have to have their mascots out because people do go to those parks to see Mickey and Minnie and to see all the other characters. So I think they're going to have to, the thing with Disney is they they can get away with it with their parades and stuff. So they could still have their characters out, have, be very photographic, be able to take video of the characters um, and have them um, still far enough away from guests um, I don't know if they'll have the characters out in the different areas for you to take pictures with, um, but I do think that they can still utilize their their characters, like I said, in parades and, and shows and things like that. Yeah, and I think that's probably something they can do at Europa Park as well. They've got the space to be able to do parades and things. Um, yeah, and, and, and even pictures. You know, I'm, I'm just thinking mm. off the top of my head, and this is not anything that I've heard rumblings of, but... You know, I, I was a theater major when I was in college, and um, to take pictures with characters, you could be six feet apart. If the character is up on a platform behind you, and let's say that the photographer takes a uh, picture kind of slightly from below, kind of angled up, mm. the force perspective would be that the character's right there behind your back. It, it would be... As if it's right there in the photo. So, well, you know, maybe in... Disney parks and stuff can get creative with the mm. angles that they take pictures on so that it does look like you're standing next to the character. Or at least build a set so that it makes sense why that character is on a different level or, you know, behind you or something. Yeah. But I think that big parks like Disney can figure that out. I just think Six Flags, they are not going to invest the time or money into their characters when the characters aren't even a big draw. No, I mean, the only other way I was thinking you could do it is probably take, like, a selfie 
So if, if you took like a selfie and you kind of raised the camera kind of above yourself and the character was stood behind you, it probably wouldn't look too bad because it kind of looked like the character is kind of like photo bombing uh, your selfie or something like sure. that. Sure. No, absolutely. Um, yep. So the other thing uh, that we're seeing at Europa Park is that what seems to be different to what I'm seeing, especially at Disney World, is that they don't seem to be requiring people to wear masks as you're walking around the park. So they only seem to be asking people to wear masks when on the rides and also seems to be when they're going into a restaurant, but not while they're eating, obviously, because I think it'd be kind of difficult to eat with a mask on. So we, we've seen we've seen at Disney Springs that the requirement seems to be that even as you're walking around, you need to wear a mask. Um, and I'm not entirely sure whether that's going to be a requirement in other, par- uh, other parks in the US or not, but that was kind of interesting that I thought. It's probably a difference in the law, maybe, in Germany to some in the States, perhaps. But what what are you seeing over there in terms of requirements to wear face masks? Yeah, um, so let's see. So two weeks ago, I was in the Smoky Mountains in a place called Pigeon Forge, Um for anyone who doesn't know where Pigeon Forge is, if you've ever heard of the theme park Dollywood, that's the town Dollywood is in. Um, so it's literally in the Smoky Mountains. Uh, I was there two weeks ago. Dollywood was not open. They didn't have any of the museums open at all. No aquariums, nothing like that was open. But they did have like standalone attractions, so they had like go karts open, and they had um, we have these things called alpine coasters over here. Um, uh, if you don't know what an alpine coaster is, you basically just put strap into a plastic sled and go down the side of a mountain um, on some really, really, really um, rickety looking uh, steel rails. Yeah, we have, but, we have a few over here, and I think there's one in Efteling that's actually powered. So okay, that's cool, interesting. But yeah, uh, so when I went to Pigeon Forge, um, they didn't require any face masks. Um, you could walk around. Um, this was not just the attractions, um, go karts and stuff, but also just the town, um, restaurants, going into restaurants, eating. You didn't have to wear masks at all. Um, they did have markings on the floor, um, and in the queue lines for some of the attractions, they had markings to space you out six feet. Um, although there was no attendant or anything that was like enforcing that. Um, it was kind of just a, you should follow this at your own risk kind of thing. Um, and then they were spraying all of the seats for the attractions down as guests were were exiting they were spraying down the seats for the next riders um so pigeon forge tennessee as a whole is kind of relaxed in that that aspect um last weekend i went up to mount olympus and we could talk more about mount olympus here in a minute but um mount olympus is a theme park it's in wisconsin Um, And it's in a place called the Wisconsin Dells. The Wisconsin Dells and Pigeon Forge are very similar because it's it's basically a tourist town. So think of Vegas, but instead of casinos, think of a bunch of standalone attractions, dinner shows, museums, 
um, maybe little go-karts and little thrill rides um, just kind of strung about. Think about also like Orlando is very similar too. You can go down the main strip in Orlando and find all kinds of stuff to do. Yeah, I saw, um, um, I saw a few people talking about Mount Olympus and I, I kind of got the impression of people talking about it like it was a bit, it was kind of like a little bit rundown but kind of fun and you kind of take your chances a little bit yeah well mount, mount olympus is is small i wouldn't even call it a small park i would call it a micro park um because it's it's not really a fully fledged theme park um mount olympus is actually a, a resort um there's a ton of there's like 40 buildings that they own in wisconsin dell so all up and down this main strip so you have to go to this main building um to check in then they tell you what building to go to um and as a perk they have a very 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 small amusement park and water park i guess you'd call it because it they have like maybe half a dozen water slides they have a lazy river they have a wave pool that's actually really 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 aggressive the wave pool I was interested, um, I was quite interested to see that water park open because I think my kind of impression was that water parks probably wouldn't have been a good idea to open. So they're not supposed, well, yes, but Mount Olympus, because it's a resort, they talked to the governor and they worked out a deal and said, well, what if we just offer the theme park and water park only to hotel guests? Only yeah. to people that stay at the resort. We won't open it up to the whole public. And the governor signed off on there because I guess he was thinking it was going to be reduced crowds. Mm. Um, so that's what you have to do. So um, we went up there last weekend. We stayed Friday and Saturday night at the resort. Um, and that got me and my girlfriend into the theme park Saturday and Sunday, the day that we checked out. You can go the day you check out. So um, a lot of people were just getting Saturday night, so they were going up there Saturday morning, checking in, going to the theme park for the day, and then the next morning they would check out of the hotel and go back to the theme park. Um, so and it was about anywhere from seventy-five U.S. dollars to a hundred and ten U.S. dollars per night. Um, so if you think about it, if you got one night. $75, and that's for you and whoever you're going with, you know, your significant other. The two of you, for $75, could go to Mount Olympus Park Saturday and Sunday and stay in their hotel. So it's a really great deal right now Yeah, that's pretty for good. people that, that really want to, you know, get some, some coasters in. But Mount Olympus is really small. They only have, um, well, they only have, they've got two though they got three flat rides um but two of them you have to pay an additional charge for so they only have one flat ride that the public can ride and that's a little um we call them sky screamers over here um it's a little um maybe 50 foot 70 foot um swing set um uh, and yeah, you can sky, go on that i think we call them is it the ones where you're on um like a swing, and it basically goes around in a circle. No, they have one of those over here, but you had to pay for it. Oh, um, okay. This one is a swing set, like a traditional, it goes around in a circle swing set. Um, it just happens to be like 50 feet up in the air, 70 feet up in the air, something like oh, that. Okay, yeah. Yep. So it's, it's, it's a smaller one. Um, 
they do have an indoor theme park. Uh, it's really tiny. It's just in a covered building. That was closed. They, none of the indoor stuff was open. They also have a little indoor water or indoor section to their water park. That was closed. So outdoors, they have the one flat ride. They've got one kiddie coaster that you have to be a child. You cannot, no adults are allowed to ride. Um, so they've got oh, that. Why, and Why can't adults ride? That's a bit mean. So the trains are super small and there, uh, there's no way an adult could fit um, in the restraint. Uh, uh, okay, fair enough. Uh, cause, so um, just, just for kids. Yeah, because I don't know if... Um, if do you watch the vlogs that Theme Park Worldwide do, have you ever seen them? Because they, they went... Uh, to the states, and I think they yeah. they tried to get on a few of the more kiddie rides, and I think yeah. they, were, they, they weren't able to get on quite a few. So I didn't know if it was more like over here. There's there's not many like they're, they're just let an adult on normally. Um, there's not many where they'd say, "Oh no, you can't come on." So I wondered if it was kind of more of a more of a rule over there, you know, that adults don't go on kiddie coasters, or whether it's just down to how small it is, you know. Yeah, like well, some kitty coasters you can ride, some of them you can't. This one, they didn't even have um, adults on. Um, yeah. So they've got that, that's called Little Titans. Then they have, and this is incredible, four go-kart tracks in their park. <laughs> nice. <laughs> and one of them is a kitty go-kart track, and literally, adults, there's no way. If you're over eight years old, there's no way that you'll fit in these cars. They are so tiny, and it's a little itty-bitty go-kart track called Little Heroes. Um, so, And then they got three big ones. The most notable one, they have one that goes through um, the Trojan Horse from the city of Troy. They have a huge, huge replica of um, the Trojan Horse, and this go-kart track, actually, one of them actually goes through the Trojan Horse. Oh. So that's pretty cool. Um, and then they have four wooden coasters. And um, two the of one... them are incredibly small. I would say 50 feet or less um, in height. Um, and then they have kind of an intermediate one that's about 100 feet called Zeus. And then they have their headlining attraction, which is Hades 360. It's a gravity group coaster that... Um, Oh man, it's got an inversion on this wooden coaster, and it goes. It when you drop, it goes underneath um, the parking lot. Wow! <laughs> and so, a good portion of this is in a tunnel under the parking lot, wow. um, and it's just crazy. They had the lights completely off when I went. So, so it's a very small park. You know, just um, four wooden coasters, a flat ride, some go karts. Um, easily can be done in four hours, you know, half a day. Um, if you want to space it out and do all the water rides and stuff, you can, you can space it out to a, day, a whole day, but it, it really is not, you're, you're not going to need more than four to eight hours in this park mm -hmm. at all, um, to do everything you want to do probably you, more than once. You sent me um, a video of uh, a coaster basically doing a right angle as it went into a break run. Was that, is that one of the coasters there <laughs> that you sent me a video of yes uh yes that is pegasus that's the roughest smallest <laughs> coaster there um actually if, if you guys if your listeners go to 
the YouTube channel. Uh, again, that's Thrill and then the word Max, M-A-X-X. -X. If you go to YouTube and type that in, you'll actually see a video of that Pegasus ride. It's incredibly rough. Um, <laughs> but in terms of – we'll tie this back to the episode here and what oh. we're talking about in terms of reopening. Uh, they were one of the first parks actually on the same day that they opened, uh, the day before actually – Fun Spot in Orlando opened. So right. um, Fun Spot was the first park in America to reopen fully. And then Mount Olympus the next day was the second one. So I was there for basically the first time a park had opened in the U.S. So this is one of the first times we had gotten to see their response to COVID and their response um, moving forward, how they're going to handle this. And they did an okay job. It is a little bit run down the park because you can imagine they're not really trying to be a big theme park. They're just kind of doing something to offer their hotel guests a little extra to stay at their hotel. They're, it's not it's not a destination park and they know that. So they don't make the kind of money. They don't generate the revenue that other parks make. So, of course, they're it's safe. You know, the rides are safe. Everything's safe to ride and stuff. But you can tell – it could use some TLC. The, the, the wooden coasters are a bit rough. Um, but in terms of COVID, I got to say for a small park um, that has a bad reputation like they do, they were really doing a lot better than I thought they would. Um, so in the queue lines, there were uh, markers on the, on the ground saying six feet apart. Again, there was no attendant enforcing this, but... Um, they were they did make the the uh, signage available so you knew what was six feet apart from each other. They also had hand sanitizers at every exit of every ride. Um, some of them, a lot of the exits and entrances are right there. So essentially, the hand sanitizer is for entrance and exit um, for the rides. When you get to the uh, when you're waiting in line, when you get to the station house. Um, they were only letting enough people through um, the turnstile to fill up one train. So when you got to the little gates, the air gates that opened to let you onto the train, they were only letting one train stand there. So you mm -hmm. didn't get backed up and, and people weren't on top of each other in the station houses. So – um, again, no face masks were required. You didn't have to wear them walking around. You didn't have to wear them on the rides. Um, Mount Olympus didn't do staggered seating. Um, every row was open on every ride. You could sit anywhere you wanted to on the coaster. Um, they were, when the trains were coming back into the station, people would exit. And then the staff would take a good five minutes, seven minutes to really clean, um, the trains, uh, they were spraying some kind of disinfectant on them, wiping everything down. Um, they were wiping a lot more thorough than I thought they were. Uh, they were really getting, you know, both um, the underneath of the restraints, the over top of the restraints. They were even doing parts of the train. I don't even think we're even touched by people um, or even could be touched by people, but they were still cleaning all the different uh, components. So that was really good. Um, these staff they were all wearing face masks 100% of the time um, there were signs out all over the park that were uh, that listed the CDC guidelines um, so they were reminding guests of this um, encouraging them to wash their hands um, 
and, and and so yeah, that's basically what they were doing. Um, I so do think you, that. Did you feel safe then? You know, as you, as you're walking around the park and as you're queuing, did you think, yeah, I feel I feel like they're doing everything and I feel quite safe. Yeah. Um, you know, even with people not wearing masks, it wasn't the capacity was really small in the days that we went, so people really weren't. I didn't really run into too many people, and if I did run into someone that I wanted to talk to, um, you know, there was enough space where we had the option. We stood far enough apart, or if it was somebody, you know, there was one person in my group that I knew. Uh, we got, you know, we could decide if we wanted to get closer or if we wanted to stand further away. Yeah. Um, so I did feel safe. Um, I do think that there's a couple of flaws. I do think there's a few things that parks need to do. One thing is the queue lines. It's it's good that they have the markings on the floor, but it's not enough. They they really need to have an attendant in line that is that is maintaining the six feet distance. Yeah, um, it only, that was only a problem. Takes, it only takes a few people to not follow the rules, and then everyone starts not following the rules, and then they might as well not be there, you know, in the end. Right, and it only takes a, a couple of groups to be you know, closer than that six feet for the whole line to all of a sudden now be not be following that six feet because it backs up. So it's very easy to, to ruin that six feet of distance. Um, so I do think that that's, that's an improvement that they need to make. They need to have an attendant that's in the lines that's that are watching the lines and enforcing six feet of distance. That's, I think that's something that the major parks like Disney and, Universal and even Six Flags Parks can learn from. Um, I do think that masks should be worn um, in the lines. I don't know about the rides. I don't know how logistic that, you know, how how realistic that is to wear a mask on a ride that's going seventy miles an hour. Well, they're um, doing it. They're doing it at Europa Park. It seems to be working. My only question is, I mean. You know, if it depends on what kind of mask you're wearing, because if you're wearing one that's quite secure, then it's probably not a problem. Uh, but if you're wearing one that that might kind of move around, then you're probably going to get quite a few lost masks, I think. Um, and also, if it can you imagine wearing a mask and it was raining, you you'd basically get. You, you basically wouldn't be able to really breathe because you you just all this water would be hitting your mask and yeah. you really have a problem <laughs> that'd really be a big problem so you know maybe in the summer but if it's raining i think they're gonna have to think actually can we even run this ride you know if they're gonna make people wear masks in the rain i think actually it'd be dangerous to wear a mask if it was raining i think to be honest for sure um something else to think about is as these parks are rolling out these policies and procedures some of them won't go away, um, even when COVID's gone. Um, you know, you got to think these companies, especially the major chains, are putting so much time and resources into restructuring their business that to just disassemble this, you know, six months from now, uh, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense for them to go back. So, so for Disney, let's just take Disney. Um, they are completely removing Flash Pass. Because there's no need to have Flash Pass anymore at Disney Parks because everybody's going to have a virtual queue. Okay. Yeah. 
that's not I don't see that that going away that policy that they're probably um, brace yourselves guys flash pass may not be back at Disney ever well there was so it's kind of weird for Disney because actually there's been some talk at Disney World about them getting rid of the or really changing the uh, fast pass plus system so there's been some talk about maybe you get like one free or something. At the moment you'll get three and then you can add them on. But they'll talk that the more you pay, the more you get. So I wonder if Disney might go down the road of saying, right, okay, let's implement this basic. You get one, maybe you get one for each ride or something or one for each major ride. And then if you want more, maybe you've got to pay on top. So I could see Disney, you know, really actually changing their business model. Um, the thing is that'll work at Disney World, but Disneyland Paris, they're still on the old paper tickets. They're going to have to completely change the way that they run, uh, the park there with the fast passes. Um, there's been not a lot, not a lot of talk about when Disneyland Paris is going to reopen. I think that's probably one of the issues because they use these old paper tickets and that's not going to be something they're going to be able to continue to do. Um, at Europa Park, yeah, we're seeing uh, digital, uh, virtual queues. And I think in the UK, we'll see more virtual queues. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how... I, I could see Disney World almost changing their, their business model, um, to be honest, compl- almost completely uh, to the way it looks now. Yeah, and I don't think that those changes are necessarily going to go away when COVID's gone. I do think that some of these are here to stay. I think that uh, mobile ordering for food... Uh, mobile food ordering, I think that virtual queue systems, I think all of that's going to stay at long after COVID. Um, again, especially with like Six Flags and, and the, the what they're going to have to do for everyone to go into a virtual queue, um, you know, that's, that's going to cost money, even if it's just through their mobile app. It's going to cost them money to implement that. They're not going to lose money on that. That's something that's going to stick mm. around for a while. I think I it's think. it's potentially a very bad thing for enthusiasts because the general public, or at least the way the parks might view most of their visitors, would be content with, oh, I've got a fast pass for this ride, and I'm going on at 2 o'clock, that's fine, and I'm going on another ride at 3 o'clock, whatever. But for enthusiasts, we might want to go on a ride, you know, five times in a row, or we might want to, you know, go more on this type of ride and less on this type of ride. But you're kind of going to have to get forced into a much more regimented regime because yep. you're going to run out of your tokens for the big roller coasters and then you're going to end up having to just go on the kiddie rides just to kind of, you know, get your money's worth. So for enthusiasts, this kind of system is potentially really bad because we're going to, it's going to completely change the way that we can experience a park. Yeah. Yep. Oh, I, I agree. Uh, or it's going to end up costing enthusiasts a lot more money because we're going to have to buy more of those tokens. Yeah, well, there is, <laughs> there is that. Um, but then again, you know, if we initially we're talking about, you know, reduced capacity, definitely. Um, so I guess how many of those tokens are there to go around um, is going to be seen. Um so yeah, no, that's good. So, so it sounds like at Mount Olympus, then it sounds like they're doing quite well. Uh, they're trailblazing at the moment, and you felt pretty safe. Um, 
like we touched on before, Disney World has started to open Disney Springs. And I don't know, did you see this in, in the news? There was there was a couple that went into Disney Springs and instead, and they must have thought, well, there's no restaurants open, so let's take something to eat. And yep. they, they took a barbecue and <laughs> they yep. were like barbecue and sausages. Yeah, I, I was actually going to mention that. I didn't know if you had seen that. Yeah, they were, they were, they were grilling. They, had, they brought a portable grill and decided to grill sausages, bratwurst, um, right there on a table in Disney Springs. Yeah, I mean, I was, so um, Sam from Costa Sam Blog, who's also uh, one of our editors now on, on the Facebook page, we were talking oh, nice. about this in the last podcast, um, and we were saying we just can't understand why someone would do this under normal conditions. You know, because you'd think, oh, I'll take some sandwiches or something. Like, normally, someone wouldn't take a barbecue, would they? And, but now, no. something's triggered in the head and the thought, yeah, I'll take a, take a barbecue. Why not? <laughs> I was just watching, and then these security guards, like, turn up and went, you can't have That's... a barbecue. And she was looking like, why can't I have a barbecue? <laughs> That's, uh... That's not COVID. That's mad cow. <laughs> Yeah, I, that's that's quite worrying. So hopefully that was just a one-off. But I have been seeing a lot of people have been saying, you know, because it's quite humid down there and it's hot, uh, people were really struggling to wear masks. So I kind of think it's a bit of um, it's a bit of a test. I I think the the reason why Disney have opened Disney Springs is because they want to see how people are going to behave uh, wearing yeah. masks, and I think. You know, they're asking people to wear masks all the time other than when they're eating. And I think people are really struggling to do that. Um, and I don't know if you saw there was a video and people were queuing outside the world of Disney and it just sort of descended into mayhem. You know, a lot of them weren't wearing masks and they're all getting very close. And I think if they can't control the crowds at Disney Springs, can you imagine trying to control the crowds in the Magic Kingdom? It's going to be no. such a challenge. No. Uh, it's it's going to be difficult. Um, I mean, we were due to go to uh, Florida in September, but we cancelled it a few months ago. And I don't know if you've seen, but so in the UK, we often get the off the the offer us uh, free dining. So for people from the UK, you can get free dining. Normally, if you go between during quiet times, so and not normally during summer. Although summer started to become a quiet time at Disney World, strangely. Um, so we had free dining. But what Disney World have now done to all the UK guests now, up until the end of the year, they've cancelled all the dining plans for everyone. They've oh, cancelled all the dining reservations, uh, and I think they've cancelled the fast passes as well. So I'm really glad that we cancelled it now. Uh, although I'm kind of gutted that I cancelled it at my own cost. So I lost, um, I think it was $50 or something like that that I put down the deposit. Um, but I'm, I'm glad. I, I don't think I could go. Like I think the value has been stripped away now. Um, you right. know, because it was the whole point of, you know, getting the free dining plan. We are going to stay at Coronado Springs. I think now... Yeah, you'd still be, be able to go to Coronado Springs, probably. You might still be able to go to the parts, but you're going to have to wear a mask. It's going to be it's still really hot in September. Then not going to get the free dining. I think then it's lost its value. You know, for seven, it's going to cost about £7,000. So that's like nearly $10,000, you know, for a two-week holiday. 
Um, I think we're just going to have to go another year. And I think a lot of people in the UK now are thinking, I don't think we're going to go this year now. Um, and I wouldn't be surprised if pe- a lot of people rearrange to September uh, and you know beyond. But I think people are just going to cancel now. So they're going to lose an awful lot of uh, UK guests, I think, this year by the looks of it. Yeah, um, yeah, but you know Disney and Universal are big enough to absorb that hit. You know they're they they're gonna feel it, but it's not gonna be enough to shut them down. Which I think is what they're thinking that you know some people will still come, and if they don't, they'll be back next year. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Yeah. Um but it's. It's it's a long way to go. It's a long way to go for people from the UK, um, and that's why they, they normally offer the free dining, you know, to offer that extra enticement. So I'm I'm hoping. I mean, in the past though, Disney have been. They tend to, when there's been problems like such as in the early two thousands or after the issue of the financial crisis in 2007, then they start to offer more off. You know, they they make more offers, don't they? Disney, they try and they try and sort of do promotions out of the problem so I'm, I'm hoping that probably next year we're going to see an awful lot of promotions probably on top of uh, what we've seen in the past because the free dining was starting to get more and more restricted for UK guests but I think they're going to come out with a, a mega offer next year I think they're going to have to do because they're going to have to get all those UK guests back otherwise there's a risk that they won't, they won't come back yep I think that that's every park Big and small, I think the value is going to go up next year and probably for the next two or three seasons, it's probably going to go up until things return back to normal. Yeah, definitely. And that's what we're going to see. So uh, before we wrap up then, I just wanted to touch on a little bit. There's been um, a bit of controversy in the news around the fact that it looks like Kentucky and Kentucky Kingdom in particular, uh, they've managed to get permission to reopen. But parks in Ohio, uh, such as uh, Cedar Point, have not been able to agree uh, reopening yet with the governor. So I don't know if you want to just give us a bit of background on the wranglings and what's happening. Because uh, you're in Chicago, so you're kind of in between these two states, really. Um, so yeah, kind you're of. seeing what's uh, going on. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest here. It They are two different mentalities the two different states so here you have um kentucky and kentucky and tennessee and missouri all right there in the heartland um man they are just jumping the gun to get everything reopened i mean they're kind of going at a at a more quick pace a quicker pace that is um to reopen everything so kentucky has a very southern mentality uh, here in the U.S. Um, and their mentality is very relaxed and very open it up and, um, you know, we'll take our risks. You look at somewhere like Ohio, which is also right next to Illinois, um, they're looking at it more through a cautious lens saying – you know, the data in our state right now doesn't support opening up, um, opening up. So, you know, when you get to those, when you get to uh, parks in Ohio, they are not, um, 
they're not willing to open up their state yet because they're saying that they have too many cases and too many deaths and that the numbers are rising and that they're not dropping at the level that they need them to drop to safely reopen. So Ohio is looking at the data saying our data says we can't open. Kentucky is looking at their data saying, well, we're doing more testing. So, of course, we're going to have more positive cases. Um, so they're looking at that as not a correlation between their state's reopening and the cases. They're looking at that as, oh, we're just testing more. So, of course, we're going to find right. more people that have it. So it's two totally different mentalities. One's looking at it from the viewpoint of the data's rising and that's a bad thing. And one person in the other state, Kentucky's looking at it going, the data's rising and, and that's expected because we're testing more. So two totally different views on the same data. Yeah, yeah. So it's so it sounds it sounds a bit like what's happening over here. Then it's more about um, you know being cautious. And the thing is, um, you know, we all want to be back in theme parks, but I think ultimately it's about keeping people safe. Um, and I think the worst thing would be if theme parks reopen and can only reopen for a few weeks before then cases start to increase. Um, and also, you've got to think about it from the perspective that you're potentially putting the staff at risk who live in the local area. So you're, you're putting people potentially at risk in that local area. And that's not really fair either. So I think people just need to kind of think about it through that kind of lens, don't they? Even though we want the parks to open, I think we need to think about what's fair for the people who live and work there as well as, you know, overall, you know, where the park is and and in the country we don't want cases to increase either, do we? So that's what it seems to come down to. Okay, so um so I think that probably takes us to where we want to be for now. I think um I think it might be good to come back to this again maybe in another month or so time. Um and as as we see more parks open we'll see how these changes are happening and like we've predicted, it'll be interesting to see whether these changes are looking more like permanent changes than temporary changes. So um, if you're up for it, we'll, we'll pick this up again in a, in a month or so. Yeah, if we do this in a month, it'd be perfect because um, Six Flags Parks, there's like four or five that are opening right at the beginning of June. Um, we obviously have the Disney and Universal Parks opening in June. We have Dollywood, Silver Dollar City. We have... You know, a lot of places opening uh, in June. Um, so we should, especially in my area, there's probably three or four parks that are opening. Uh, probably more than that. Probably like six parks, half a dozen um, yeah. that are within drive distance for me, within a 10-hour drive distance. So I'll be traveling around in the next couple of weeks. And I'm also going to revisit Mount Olympus uh, in about two or three weeks from now. Uh, so I can update you, see if they've made any updates or any changes to their policy. So uh, we'll throw Max. will be here to report in on what we see here in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, and it'll be interesting if uh, Mount Olympus um, keep up to the changes that they make. Because probably in the first you know week or so, they're probably going to be quite diligent. Um, but it'll be interesting to see whether that continues or not. Um, I'm hoping that things kind of get back to normal next year because I was I'm really hoping I can get some uh, cheap flights over to your neck of the woods, maybe over to to Chicago. Um, there's loads of parks around there that I want to go to, especially. I mean, obviously, I want to go to Cedar Point and what have you, but um, 
I really want to go to Dollywood. I think that's somewhere I really want to go to. And also, I'm really interested in Pigeon's for- Forge. Looks like a really interesting place to to visit as well. So I think that's somewhere I'd quite yeah. like to check yeah. out. Yeah, if you're if you're thinking of Dollywood, uh, within a three hour radius of Dollywood, you have uh, Six Flags Over Georgia, which is a pretty big Six Flags. You have um, Kentucky Kingdom, uh, which is only a couple hours away. And then um, you also have Holiday World, and Holiday World has yes. probably the one of the top five wooden coasters in the entire world there. So if you're thinking of coming out here, uh, yeah, let me know. We, I'd love to plan uh, a little road trip, and, and I'd love to plan some, some parks for us to go meet up at and do some vlogs. Yeah, we'll have to um, hire out an SUV or whatever you call them over there. We yeah. all have big cars over there, so <laughs> probably there an SUV is probably a small, a small car over there, probably. Um, right, okay. So before we just finish up, then do you want to just remind everyone where to find you if they want to find your YouTube page and your Facebook yep. page? You can go to Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. Type in the word "thrill" T H R I L L Max uh, is a separate word M A X X thrill max type that in you'll find us or you can go to thrillmax.net brilliant thanks for that and if you want to find theme park loopy you'll find us on facebook instagram and twitter that's at theme park loopy you can send us an email if you want to get in touch and that's theme park loopy at gmail.com and we also have a website and that's theme park and we also have a YouTube channel. Um, at the moment, it's a little bit slow on the YouTube channel, but there's a few vlogs on there, especially from Disneyland Paris from over Christmas, uh, and also from Blackpool Pleasure Beach. We talked a little bit about Blackpool Pleasure Beach, so if you want to see a bit of Blackpool Pleasure Beach, there's a vlog on there. We've also got some ride POVs from Bush Gardens and some other parks. So yeah, come and check that out. But once the park's reopened, then the plan is to get more vlogs on there and more content. So subscribe and make sure you don't miss out. So thanks for joining us and thanks again, Stephen. It's always really interesting, really good having you on. So thanks for being a guest again. No problem. Brilliant. And um, yeah, so we'll pick this up again in a month's time. But in the meantime, thanks for listening and we'll see you again real soon. (laughs) 